It's 12 o'clock at night on a ferry boat crossing the Aegean Sea, engines throbbing deeply through the walls and floors. All the refugees are sleeping, 500 men, women and children from Afghanistan, Iran, Syria, all in the back of the boat. Families under blankets on the sofa units in the carpeted lounge, young men and boys in the hard boots on the semi-open deck above, some sleeping, sitting up with their heads down on the table. The boat drops towards the water, then rises up, rolls and drops again. There are white caps on the waves. The moonlight breaks through openings in the clouds. They come from places where cars exploded in the street, bombs fell on houses, people were shot for no reason, their heads cut off. After fleeing their homes, they were hunted like animals as they crossed borders illegally at night on foot. Some were caught and beaten and thrown in jail. Yesterday, they rode in overcrowded rubber rafts across six miles of open water from Turkey to the Greek island of Lesbos, probably the first time they'd ever even been in a boat, and it scared the hell out of them and cost a thousand dollars apiece. But today, they paid only fifty dollars to ride on this luxurious ferry across the same body of water, and everybody's cell phone is plugged in and they can order cheesecake and watch movies in cushioned recliners. Now they're safe in the European Union. No one's gonna beat them up or put them in jail, but it's hard to tell if they know this or if they believe it's true. Fear tends to stick around and their journey is far from over. Just after the boat left port, I was out on the back deck in the open air talking to some boys and young men ages 17 to 24. We were laughing, leaning against the railing, wind pounding our faces. Then I asked them, when did you leave home? Their eyes drifted to the side, focusing on nothing, remembering the beginning when they said goodbye to their families. Nobody spoke. Then one of them asked, what day is it? Like, what planet are we on now? They're in a transitional state, a liminal zone where concepts like space and time, life and death lose their meanings and one's own identity is in flux. They're leaving one life and entering another by passing through a series of surreal brutalities, experiencing the ritual of modern migration. Earlier, back before everybody went to sleep, I was looking for Camilla and I found her in a sofa unit surrounded by young men eager to hear about Europe from a real European, a blonde Dane. Two of the men I'd met before, one, a boss, as he got off the boat in Lesbos. He'd been a translator for U.S. Special Forces in the Helmand area where there'd been a lot of fighting. The other was an Iranian I'd met outside on the back deck. He'd been in the Iranian army, the regular army, he said, not the Republican Guard, who were evil. I asked him, what do you think of America? And he said, the United States and Iran must be friends. Then he put his hand on my shoulder like the last thing he wanted to do was fight. I thought maybe we'd been friends in another lifetime. When I sat down on the sofa, they were asking Camilla what it's like in Norway and Sweden. One guy said, I heard in Europe they're afraid of Muslims. Should I dye my hair blonde? One said he wanted to study art in England. Another said he wanted to be an engineer in Germany. Then a boss looked at me and said, 
Please, sir, if you could tell us what's going to happen to us next when we get to Athens. And they all got quiet. I heard the throbbing of the engines and felt the rocking of the boat. I knew what was going to happen to them because we'd already followed the refugee trail backwards from Copenhagen down to Lesbos. We'd already been to the places where they were going and now we are on our way back north. I said, you're going to be passing through a series of borders following what's known as the Balkan route into Northern Europe, from Greece to Macedonia, from Macedonia to Serbia. Abbas started translating into Farsi and I waited for him to catch up. From Serbia to Croatia, to Slovenia, to Austria, then to Germany. At each border there are two transit camps, one on each side, big white tents set up by the UNHCR and the Red Cross. Volunteers will be passing out food and clothing, water, emergency supplies. At each border you'll be frisked, your bags will be searched, and your papers will be examined. But if you registered on Lesbos, you'll be fine. I waited until they all heard this, until they all nodded. But, I said, and this was hard to say, but I had to say it, the route is now closed at the Macedonian border to anyone not from Iraq, Syria, or Afghanistan. I looked at the Iranian, my friend from another lifetime, and said, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're going to get through. We were there a couple of days ago, and they were telling Iranians they had to go back to Athens or go home. He shook his head. No, he said. I have a friend who's there, and he texted me today. The border's now open to Iranians. Really, I said. Yes, really. Well, okay then. I looked at all of them and said, it'll be fine. Just take it one step at a time. You can be in Germany in four to five days. Then they wanted to know if they'll be allowed to work and whether they can bring their families. And we said, nobody knows yet. It's too soon to say. Then we left and let them go to sleep. But I can't sleep because I doubt that the Macedonian border is really open and I don't think I told them what they really need to know. That they're going to end up spread out in camps around Germany, maybe Sweden or Norway, cold, dark places where it's going to take them a long time to get integrated in a place where they don't speak the language or understand the culture and a lot of people won't want them around. Maybe they don't need to know this tonight. They'll see it soon enough. Tonight, everybody should be sleeping deeply on this boat that's rocking like a cradle and sounding like a womb, cruising across the Aegean Sea.